Hey, this is John McGlynn. Welcome to the Commissioner Evaluation Show. Thank you for jumping on. I really appreciate it. This is a draft episode, a, a, a post-draft episode. Today I had the pleasure of talking with my co-host with the Mohost, JT, Justin Taylor, Colin with 1L, Colin McTammany, and making his maiden voyage on the Commissioner Evaluation Show is Brandon Blanco. We'll talk today about the fallout from the 2023 NFL Draft uh, that crushed the hopes and dreams of some many fantasy managers. So you ready for a good show today? We're going to do the best we can to break everything down for you. jumping in i really appreciate it so today what we're going to do is we're going to go team by team we got some draft grades for all these teams uh i'm gonna go play uh team by team and then the an analyst will go over the draft grades how what they thought what they you know how they thought the grade how they felt the team drafted uh how they fill the slots their needs i'll kind of do all that kind of stuff and i'll throw my two cents in after they you know we'll all kind of chime in after try to keep it just team under two minutes so we can get through this Less than an hour. We'll see. Fingers crossed. So, first up, leading off right now, JT with the Bears. JT, how did the Bears draft go? I actually thought they did a pretty good job. They added uh, Darnell Wright on the offensive line, which obviously they needed offensive line help the last couple of years. Um, and then I thought it was pretty impressive as far as what they got offensively and where they got him, jumping in in the fourth round. Uh, Roshan Johnson out of Texas. Yeah, I think he seems like a good fit for the Bears, a little bit of an older player. Um, you know, they're kind of young in the backfield with uh, Cleo Herbert. They do have Foreman, but I think Johnson's a really good pick to add to them. And then Tyler Scott, the wide receiver, uh, speedy guy out of Cincinnati, also got him in the fourth round. I think he is just another guy that could be a good, ad, a good addition there as their fourth wide receiver. Um, possibly jumping up ahead of Chase Claypool. Hate to talk trash about Chase Claypool already, but I like Tyler Scott there. So I thought the Bears did a pretty good job, uh, you know, as far as not a lot of offensive picks as we knew they might go a lot of defense just because they really struggled defensively last year. So I liked it. I thought they did well where, where they got those guys. Yeah, Tyler Scott. Mooney and Claypool, I believe, are both free agents at the end of next year, for next year. So Tyler Scott might have some uh, – he might be the wide receiver two on this team next year. Darnell Wright was a fan favorite, of course. So that's um, the Bears. I think the Bears made a lot of good moves. They got a really good draft grade across from the NFL Network. Anyway, I, I got some draft grades from the NFL Network. What what they thought about the uh, the picks? So they gave them an A an A minus. That's uh, they pretty much saying that they they traded down one spot and they could have had someone. If the Bear if the team doesn't like somebody and they trade out the the pick because of that. You know, I can't, I'm not going to fault the team ever for doing that kind of stuff. You know, that's they, – these guys put a lot of a lot of research in all these players. 
it, it, there, there must have been a reason why they didn't want Jalen Carter to trade back one pick and, and then get an offensive lineman, which I think was a bigger need for them anyway. So that's uh, I, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Well, and that trade down gave them that extra fourth-round pick that allowed yeah. them to get Johnson and Scott in the fourth round. Right. So good for them. Brandon, the Bengals also got an A. I think this the NFL Network gave everybody like an A, B, or like a high C. So this is I'm not sure that I seen other I, I seen a couple Fs across the board in, in some other uh, draft mock draft uh, grades, but these guys are pretty uh, pretty happy with everybody's draft. So Brandon, what do you think about the Bengals draft this year? I mean, I think the Bengals got some offensive weapons to help Joe Burrow out. Um, they drafted two receivers in the later rounds in day three with T. Higgins' contract coming up. We don't know if he's going to get traded, if he's going to get extended. You have Charlie Jones, who is one of three receivers in Purdue history to have over 100 catches in a season. And he set the school uh, record for receiving yards. And then you go down to Chase Brown, running back out of Illinois. We don't know what's happened with Joe Mixon. He was just on the news for some type of criminal charges, something in his house a few months ago. So we don't know if he's going to be back on the team. So you got a Chase Brown who had an athletic score of 103, which was fifth amongst running backs, and he's going to be a speed back for Joe Burrow. And then they took another receiver in Andrea. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Ios Vias, who his athletic score was fifth amongst. There we go. Appreciate you, brother. Princeton. Um, he, his his athletic score, you know, he's smart. He went to Princeton. Of course, his athletic score was 105.9, which is fifth amongst running backs as well. And he was top six in Princeton his, um, history for catches, yards, and TDs in school history. So like I just said, we don't know what the Bengals' future is besides Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. So it's good to get these later round um, weapons that could possibly become fantasy assets in the future. Yeah, that's uh, Chase Brown was a it, – it's kind of a – that's another, I guess, fan favorite there for uh, – the Bengals draft because, like you said, nobody knows what's going to happen with Mixon. I, I got a feeling that this stuff kind of it finds its way to, to clear out when, when, um, not that Mixon was anything special last year. He had one good game pretty much, was half his fantasy stats almost. You know, I, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do as far as with the free agency or what they can get, but Chase Brown was a good pickup, was a pickup of need. I'm not sure that signals that like that he's going to supplant like uh, Joe Mixon. They do keep Joe Mixon around, but I, I do like Chase Brown, and like you said, that. Charlie Jones is a somebody I like a lot. They're, it's a, either one of those guys has a good has a good chance of being the number three receiver if something happens with Tyler Boyd or you know that it's a, it's a good good place to land for a wide receiver anyway. So, uh, where we got uh, Colin with the Bills? What do you do? This is my I thought the Bills were going to go wide receiver here early and often here, but it didn't really happen. What, what do you think about the Bills draft? Well, I think they did. I think they did by getting Dalton Kincaid. Uh, they traded up to get him. Uh, they said if he was not on the board, they were going to trade back. Dalton Kincaid is huge, and he's got good hands. And GM Brandon Bean spoke highly about him after they made the pick. He's going to play in the slot. And a lot of people think, oh, man, he's going to really compete with Dawson Knox for tight end snaps. I think they're both going to be on the field at certain times. I think Dalton Kincaid can see 100 targets in this offense. Um, it's something Josh Allen likes to do is target his slot a lot. Um, slot a lot. If uh, you've seen Cole Beasley have success in the past on this team, he had three seasons with the Bills in a row where he had over 100 targets. That's in the realm of possibilities for Dalton Kincaid. So um, I think he's a huge fantasy dynasty pickup uh, in the first round of your drafts. I think he could be relevant in year one. We typically don't see that uh, from rookie tight ends, but I, I think he's going to be something that they've never had, and they're going to use him early and often as their first round pick. Um, I thought the Bills draft was okay, though. Uh, they, they have to try to beat the Chiefs. Um, but before that, they got to get through the AFC East now with Aaron Rodgers, a very, very stacked Miami team. 
And uh, New England Patriots defense is always good and give them a tough fight. So um, I thought they were drafting to try to do that, um, to just get out of the division. And I think they did an okay job. I don't think it was stellar, but I love the Kincaid pick. Uh, round two, they grabbed a guard, Osiris Torrance. He has a history of a knee injury. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. But he's huge, 330 pounds. Um, their round three linebacker pick, Dorian Williams, huge wingspan. Um, he's really good against the pass. Go figure. They're gonna have. They're gonna need guys like that. Um, and as far as their day three picks, they grabbed Justin Shorter, uh, another wide receiver. He is huge. If you just Google him, you'll see pictures of him. He is absolutely massive. He's a burner too. He's gonna get downfield. I actually think he's gonna supplant Gabe Davis in this offense eventually, if not this year. Um, so I thought the draft was okay. You know, not huge names, but the Dalton Kincaid pick is enough for me to give them like a B. I like what you said about that because this 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 screams early Damian Harris running the ball, uh, third down James Cook on the field, and then Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. It screams control the ball mm-hmm. and play with defense. This is going to be double tight end sets where that they're kind of like, hey, we're not we really can't find a slot guy to fill the role that we want. So what we'll do is we'll get a double tight end and then maybe kick him out once in a while. If not, have him run run short routes, intermediate routes from the from the from the slot or from the tight end's position. But it just it just screams, hey guys, we can't out we can't out out score the Chiefs. We can't <clears throat> can't keep playing these games where it's 49, 52, you know, 4, 35, 49. Like we we have to control the ball and play defense. And that th- Kincaid's pick to me s- screams that. So yeah, th- when you first started explaining this situation, that's exactly what I thought. So, uh, JT Broncos. Uh, obviously, the Broncos, after the Russell Wilson trade, didn't have as many picks, didn't have their first-round pick, that which would have actually been a top-five pick. So you got to hurt them grade-wise for that. Uh, they did go Marvin Mims in the second round, who uh, you know kind of was like a sleeper, I think, uh, in the offseason. I liked him. I thought he was a really good wide receiver, a lot of talent. He, I was a little surprised he went in the second. I thought he might go a little lower. Um, the question is, if they've taken a guy in the second and you don't have a first-round pick, is one of their wide receivers moving on? They just signed did Judy did the fifth-year option on him. Does this mean Sutton is moving on? Uh, K.J. Hamler, another guy they've got that's been injured, do they move on from him? Tim Patrick. So they got to figure out somewhere for Mims, which I just think that means someone else is gone for them. So other than that, he was their only offensive player taken. So I really like Drew Sanders. The Arkansas linebacker that they got uh, in the third round, he was one of my favorite IDP guys and just overall defensive players in this draft. So getting him all the way back in the third, I thought was pretty much a steal because I thought he could be a late uh, first, early second. And then they got JL Skinner from Boise State, a safety in the sixth, who a lot of people had as like the third or fourth best safety in this draft. So getting him in the the sixth of of kind of a weak safety class was all right. I think he got a B. And the rating, I'd probably give him more like a C in this draft, C, right. C minus, to be honest with you, with losing that first top five pick, which, of course, they thought was not going to be a top five pick. So, uh, <laughs> but so that I'd, I'd lower grade for me on them. But I, I like the Mims pick. I was a little surprised they didn't, in one of those later rounds, try to get one of these running backs. A lot of running backs ran, fell to the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And I was really surprised, even with the Perrine signing, I was surprised they didn't try to grab one of those guys with uh, Javante Williams still coming back from injury. 
Yeah, two questions about that. Like, they must know a little bit more about, about Javante than we do, that he's probably maybe not ahead of schedule, but, like, on time, I guess. Because we got hurt, like, week four or week six last year, pretty early in the season. So uh, maybe they know that Javante is on pace or he's not going to take as much or they, they, they love P. Ryan that much. And as far as draft picks are concerned, they brought in Adam Troutman, which I thought was kind of weird because they had Dulcich and uh, Albert O. And, you know, they got a couple other tight ends later in the draft also. But – uh, I, I just that, that that's almost like bringing in our, uh, another more experienced draft pick, but he already knows the Sean Payton offense. So this is a, it's almost like bringing another pick in, another good pick. What do you got? What do you? Why wouldn't they just keep Greg Dulcich? Or I, I, I was rumors that that uh, they, that um, Sean Payton didn't like what he saw in any of the any Albert O or Greg Dulcich. You guys hear that too, or is that just something that um, you know rumor around the Twitter machine or what? I mean, if they're not going to use Albert O, I wish they would trade him. I'm tired of him being mm-hmm. buried there. It's blowing my mind. Uh, the guy, I saw him a ton at Mizzou. I mean, the guy's got unreal athletic ability. Uh, I'm just shocked that he has kind of fallen out with them. Hopefully, maybe Peyton sees him and likes him. He's figured out how to use him. If not, let's ship him out and get him somewhere else. Maybe that was the Troutman move, adding Troutman, and maybe they'll move on. But, I mean, they seemed like a team with five tight ends last year, and now they trade for another tight end. kind of seems crazy to me. But I, I with the move at wide receiver and tight end, I have a feeling some of these guys are going to be on the move uh, this summer. Yeah, Dulcich and Albert O just seem like already a great combination. I'm not sure what that what that was all about, but it is what it is. Uh, Brandon Browns, they got a B grade from the NFL, but what do you think about what, what do you think they did? How do they did? I mean, they took Watson's backup and Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Jacoby Brissett's no longer there. I'm pretty sure this guy's not even being drafted in rookie drafts. You could just scoop him up maybe for a dollar or two and just have him there. Injuries happen. It's sports. I'm not wishing anything upon Watson, but this is a dual threat quarterback that can see the possible that will see the field if Watson ends up being hurt. And they also took a day two running back in Cedric Tillman. He he took the Colt McCoy route. He played a bunch of years in college five to be on to to be exact. And how much do they really trust Donovan Peoples Jones and David Bell to take a day two running back? I mean a day two receiver, excuse me. We traded for Elijah Moore, and now you have Cedric Tillman, who will be that wide receiver three behind Cooper and um, Elijah Moore, excuse me. And I really like what they did with this receiver. He's a big body receiver, over a thousand yards, twelve touchdowns last year. And yeah, I like what they did here with this guy. Yeah, people's Jones will be a free agent next year, so he's that's next year is his last year in the contract. They're probably not going to sign him, uh, re-sign him long term. But yeah, that's. I don't know why they brought in Dorian Thompson when uh, they already have Josh Dobbs on the team. That's that was, that was what a waste of a pick, huh? That was that, that was a funny. <laughs> that's a good one, John. A, yeah. I actually liked I liked uh, Dorian Thompson. I actually thought that that was a really good selection by uh, the Browns. I was hoping uh, to him to land in a different spot, uh, not behind Deshaun Watson. But I think that's a pretty smart pickup by the Browns. Yeah, Colin Buccaneers. They got an A grade here from uh, the NFL Network. What do you think about the Bucks? Yeah, I, I don't see that at all. Um, I think they focused on putting pieces together on their defense, but because uh, their offense is Mike Evans, is Chris Godwin, but it's also Baker Mayfield. So it's, you know, I, I think they're still in the running for the number one pick next year. I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think they're going to have to make moves, but uh, I think they're definitely interested in getting Caleb Williams or Drake May uh, under center as soon as next year in the draft. Um, they grabbed Kalijah Kansi first uh, with their first pick, 19th overall. He's a good pass rusher. So, you know, they're just adding pieces to this defense. Um, and then they grabbed a guy who I really love, Cody Mock. Uh, if you guys have seen this guy, he 
didn't get many offers. He ended up going, I think, to North Dakota State University. Yep. Um, long red hair. He went there as a tight end. Um, he put on 100 pounds in college and switched to offensive line. Got his front teeth knocked out. If you've seen a picture of him, he didn't get his teeth replaced. He looks hilarious. Um, he's absolutely huge. So whoever is quarterback for this team, eventually, he's going to be one of their uh, big protectors up front. Um, you know, they used a high second round pick on him. And then, you know, you look at their other pieces they grabbed here. They grabbed an edge. They grabbed a linebacker, cornerback, another edge, and another cornerback. I think they're just trying to have depth on this defense for when they do an offensive overhaul as soon as next year because Mike Evans is going to be a free agent. Chris Godwin's going to have one year left on his deal. They might trade him to a contender. Um, so I do think that that's going to come next year. But as far as their draft this year, I think they're just kind of getting depth, getting young depth on the defensive side to stay strong there. Um to you know, try to stay competitive in the NFC South. But uh, they did grab Trey Palmer, and if you're unfamiliar with him, he is very fast from Nebraska, wide receiver. Maybe an interesting late dynasty pickup, uh, but probably a stash for now because we just don't know what that offense is going to look like with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I don't think Trey Palmer is going to, uh, you know, he may, <clears throat> he may uh, play some, some, role, some plays out of the slot maybe just between, uh, you know, or maybe he moves to the outside with him and Evans and, and Godwin will be in the slot permanently. But uh, just to – I like Trey Palmer early in the, early in the process. I, I still like him now. I don't love the guy, but it's it's a good, solid pick. Just keep adding to it. Who do you think is going to be a starting quarterback this year? Because they like Kyle Trask, but they, they brought in Baker Mayfield for some competition. Who do you think starts for the, for, for the Buccaneers this year? Yeah, I guess you're right. They're not giving Baker Mayfield a ton of money. I think it's one year, $8 million if right. someone else – doesn't or knows differently I, i'm pretty sure it's eight million dollars though kyle trask is okay um he's a really big receiver nice pocket receiver um but i i do think baker mayfield ultimately gets the job um or at least to start um i i would like to see them try try uh kyle trask if baker mayfield is you know just struggling terribly but it just seems to me bringing in a guy like baker mayfield you have the intentions of starting him especially when he probably could have stayed in la uh to ultimately take over Matthew Stafford or head somewhere else. But I think he went to Tampa Bay with the intentions of being the week one starter. Yeah. JT, you got some, uh, you got a Cardinal story from the draft, don't you? Oh my God. I don't know. I'm blanking. What was my Cardinal story from the draft? You got somebody to retweet one of your tweets or respond to you? Oh yeah. I was actually just going to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. You're throwing me off for a second. Yeah. So the Cardinals traded back into uh, Paris Johnson, which I think was a good move for them. Their O-line is just not very good at all. Um, so they moved back, got the number one O-line one, which I, I thought was great. They really concentrated on defense in the draft, which I thought was smart because they really – struggled the last couple of years on defense. Garrett Williams was a steal in the third. He's Syracuse cornerback, a guy that had first round, second round grade on him, but it had a knee injury. So he dropped to the third. So I thought it was a steal for them. Uh, offensively, they went Michael Wilson from Stanford in the third at wide receiver, a guy high upside. A lot of people liked him. He wasn't quite as high on my list as a lot of other wide receivers, uh, but there was a lot of talk about people really liking him. So interesting pick there. My favorite pick of this draft for the Cardinals was Clayton Toon, quarterback from Houston. I actually think he goes in and has a shot to be the starter day one. I said that on my Twitter right after he got 
drafted and his mom jumped on my Twitter and immediately liked and retweeted all my, my stuff I posted about him. So that was my, that was my favorite thing was his mom jumped on and liked my tweet, but I actually think Clayton tune there. He came out and said, he thought he was the best wide, uh, best QB in this draft. I had him over Will Levis in my rankings. I would have much rather had Clayton tune than Will Levis personally. And so getting him in the fifth, I actually thought was a steal, especially when you saw some of the quarterbacks that went in front of him, which were really surprised. Surprising, like Clifford from uh, Penn State. I just couldn't believe that Tune dropped all the way to the fifth. Uh, but I actually really like Tune. I am trying to sneak him in fourth or fifth rounds in rookie drafts everywhere because I think he has a sneaky outside chance of possibly playing uh, for the Cardinals this year as a fifth round draft pick. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, you texted me from the draft, said, "Oh my God, Clayton Tune's mom uh, did it," <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I was out fishing, and I, I wrote a, I wrote a tweet saying that." Uh, Joe, uh, uh, I'm pulling a Joe Thomas on day, th- day three to draft and going uh, salmon fishing. And Joe Thomas actually retweeted my tweet and said, hey, good luck with the salmon or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> it was like one of those, like, this is the best day of my life. Joe Thomas uh, retweeted one of my tweets. So it was, uh, that's I had to up you a little bit on that one. That was, yeah, that was, that was like, that pretty was, sweet. <laughs> I immediately jumped on and looked at your tweets and saw that he did that. So I was like, that's pretty awesome of him uh, to re- retweet that. Yeah. Brandon, Chargers, they got a B-minus grade. From the NFL the Chargers are very. I don't know if the Chargers like if they don't believe in Herbert that they'll just turn it into the Los Angeles Horned Frogs because they took Duggan and then they took both of his receivers from TCU. So Darius Davis, four point three two speed. He's he's just fast, fast, and Kellen Moore is for sure going to utilize him. And then Quentin Johnston. People say he's the doppelganger of Mike Williams. Mike Williams is entering that age, 28, 29. and then Keenan Allen. You already saw that last year. He finished the season strong, but he did spend most of the season hurt and he's already going to be 31 years old quinton johnson he's a big body receiver from tcu he uses his hands but mostly his body and it's basically the wide receiver one for justin herbert and the future because like i said both of these guys are old mike williams could possibly get cut and yeah i love what the chargers did when it came to quinton johnson you're getting him right now in the 108 or the 109 in rookie drafts and this is a guy who basically what we saw Mike Williams do last year, maybe Quentin Johnson could do that, but starting off from the beginning of his uh, career instead of getting hurt, as Mike Williams always used to do. Talk about polar opposites. Like Mike Williams jumps in the air 15 feet to grab these balls and lands like a clown all over his shoulder and back <laughs> and stuff and hurts himself. And Quentin Johnson's afraid to go up for the ball. Like it's it's like it is polar opposites of like what a, a big outside receiver when you when you're talking about what they do or what they bring to the table. So, but. Quentin Johnson has a chance to be special on his team if he can if he can start learning how to get up and go for some and be a uh, aggressive receiver. This could be a really good pickup for. for Hopefully, Mike Williams could teach him that before he goes, which I believe he will. (laughs) All right, (laughs) Colin Chiefs. What happened here? I thought uh, we were expecting a running back to be drafted. Yeah, uh, great news for Isaiah Pacheco. If you if you ask me, they did just bring back uh, Jarek McKinnon. If anyone saw that yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. he's returning as a pass catcher. But Isaiah Pacheco is a big winner from this draft because they didn't add a running back and they declined the fifth-year option of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So one of those teams that definitely surprised me in that uh, regard. Um, they didn't trade out of that first-round pick either, but they did draft an edge receiver. I'm going to do my best with his name. Felix Anoduke Azoma. Um, they did release Frank Clark this offseason, so they really did have to replace someone at that position. Um, as far as round two goes, Rasheed Rice is a very interesting pick to me. Um, last year at SMU, 96 catches, 1,335 yards, and 10 touchdowns, so he can immediately get plugged in here and produce. 
Um, he had 19 touchdowns in his final 24 games at SMU. So um, I do think he's going to be a factor on this offense. Considering that Juju Smith-Schuster left a ton of targets behind, uh, they have Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony's getting you know banged up here and there, and Travis Kelsey's going to turn 34 before we know it. Um, so I think Rasheed Rice is a really good pickup for them. You know, maybe not the most talented guy, not at the biggest school, but I do think playing with Matt Patrick Mahomes is going to be beneficial to him. Um, as far as the rest of their draft goes, nothing too you know flashy by any means. In the in round three, they grabbed an Oklahoma tackle. Um, Orlando Brown went to the Bengals, so they had to replace him. I don't know if he's a day one starter. I don't know him well enough to know that, um, but it just shows that they're just trying to replace pieces from their championship teams with younger guys, as most teams do. And uh, as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be fine. But um, it's going to be a new look team in the next like year, two years, because they just can't really afford it to you know to keep having these high paid athletes uh, on their roster. So. Um, maybe not the biggest names, but, uh, you know, a decent draft for them. But, you know, again, replacing Frank Clark with, uh, the edge Felix, um, you know, I, I thought they missed out on Nolan Jones at 30. That could have been a good pickup for them, but Hey, I, you know, the chiefs, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I I can't really knock them too much. They beat my Eagles. I didn't think they were even going to get to the Super Bowl. They are getting Justin Ross back, uh, possibly, yes. you know, if he's healed, you know, and they brought in John Ross and they brought in uh, J- uh, James, uh, Rich James and, uh, you know, with Justin Watson, they, they resigned. So this could be like a, a real gimmicky offense this year, more, more, you know, more so just gimmicky stuff. Keep Mahomes off, off his, uh, off his back or off, off the, off the turf and just keep moving the ball. Like I'll, I'll get it plays. We'll see. I, I have a feeling, like you said, this might be a whole new, like, Whole new look offense for these Chiefs. So, no JT. Eric Bieniemy either. He's now in Washington. So, uh, yeah, Matt Nagy is going to be calling the plays. Be interesting. Well, we've seen that game before in Chicago. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, JT. I here you go. I T-balled you up for a change, so you get your Colts. What do you think? What happened? I, I was like, John's liking me today. I was like, I can't believe he gave me my Colts to talk about. I'm going to try to keep this short because I, I I love their draft. They absolutely crushed it. I thought they had one of the absolute best drafts of any team. Um, getting Anthony Richardson at number four, absolute steal. Loved it. Obviously, I talked about it pre-draft. I really wanted C.J. Stroud. I thought he would be the guy there. But if they couldn't get Stroud, Anthony Richardson was my guy. Um, I love Richardson in that spot. I just think he has the highest upside of anyone. Obviously, he's got boom-bust potential. But I think he, you know, he all of a sudden, super flex, 2QB, I mean, he's right there at the top. He's 1-1 one, one or 1-2 one, uh, with Bijan. Um, and I and actually had some people ask me about 1QB leagues because a lot of people are like, I don't play in them. What do you value, guys? Usually QBs fall on that. But I, I'm seeing as some of my 1QB leagues and stuff, he's going as high as one six one seven, which is pretty high in a 1QB league to go in the first round. But that's how much upside I think he has to possibly be that next Jalen Hurts Um Lamar Jackson type of guy that's going to give you a ton of rushing yards plus the big upside with a big arm. If they can figure out how to, you know, complete five to ten yard passes with him and get his accuracy together, uh, like I said, he could be really good for the Colts. So I love the pick. Uh, defensively, I won't talk about it. They did a lot of good things defensively. Offensively, getting Josh Downs in the third, I thought was an absolute steal for them. Uh, I thought he was a guy that could have gone into the first. 
early second. So getting him all the way in the third, I thought was absolutely outstanding. He replaces Paris Campbell is now their slot guy going to be some targets available for him. So I love that pick. Um, Add in offensive lineman, break Freeland, an older player from BYU at tackle. I think he's going to help a lot. And then as you got later down the draft uh, in the fifth round, they added some offensive guys. They added Evan Hull from Northwestern, really good receiving back. He was on a pretty bad Northwestern offense, and he still produced. I actually think he's a guy um, I talked about in the offseason that had a good shot of making a team. And, and, and now with no Neon Hines gone to Buffalo, I actually think Hull – kind of slides right in here and is a really nice little backup to JT uh, at running back. I think he can get some playing time. I think he's he's a guy that's going to see some third down work. So I love that. And then they just went – there's a couple tight ends I like better, but they went Will Mallory in the fifth round from Miami. And if you know Chris Ballard at all, he really loves the athletic guys. So he gets those guys with the huge RAS scores. And so everybody they took had a, a huge RAS score. So they went Will Mallory. A couple guys I liked better than him in the fifth. I was a little surprised they didn't go Koontz out of Old Dominion with how much he loves right. the RAS scores. But Mallory was just below him. Um, and I think Mallory's technically a little bit of a better blocker than I think Koontz is. So they went him in the fifth, which I actually think uh, that's a pretty wide open tight end group. I like Jelani Woods a lot, but behind him, Mo Alley Cox is on the way out. Um, Kyle Granson's really not much of a blocker. So I think Malaroy has a chance to actually make this team and possibly be their tight end too. Uh, behind Jelani Woods. So I really liked what they did. I thought they really improved, and I'm excited to see this Colts offense this year. Uh, if it's the Gardner Minshew show, I'll love it to start the season. But uh, if they come in with AR week one, um, I'll be excited to see what he can do. I'm going to start up right now where somebody went uh, Justin Jefferson, and then uh, I think their second-round pick was a running back and then another receiver, and then their first quarterback in Superflex Dynasty startup was Anthony Richardson in the fourth round. So wow. uh, that's kind of uh, – I mean, you guys have a lot of faith in Anthony Richardson if you're going to do, pull those kind of moves, but – it's uh, it is what it is, you know. It's it's. I, I mean, there's there's that, excitement that around him. Yeah, there's <laughs> excitement around him. I mean, he is a boomer bust guy. I mean, he could end up being that guy that just absolutely blows up fantasy football. But he's also that guy that if he can't ever complete passes, he can't get the short stuff going. He might score you decent fantasy points, but how long is his NFL career? So, yeah. like I said, you are taking a big upside, uh, and, and you are. If you're swinging for the fences with him, you are. You're going hoping that huge upside and the coaching is able to kind of fix any kind of problems he had and the fact that he just didn't play a lot. I mean, he is a young guy, 2021, 20, so they, they do have room to work with him. Yeah, and they got him for five years. They got him in the first round, so that's uh, they can keep him around for a while if they, if they want to do the fifth-year option or keep him. That's uh, that's on them. If he if he pans out, which none of us here, none of us in fantasy football, none of us in real football want to see anybody ever fail this in, in the NFL. Yeah. So we're all rooting for him. We, you know, hope he does good. But again, like you said, fantasy points are one thing, but wins in the NFL are a whole different story. So uh, we'll see. A lot of a lot of rushing ability. Uh, that's uh, that tandem in the backfield. Of the Colts is going to be fantastic. So mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I wish not. I wish you your Colts nothing but the best. So Brandon Cowboys, they got to be plus great. Yeah, no problem, no problem. I might even Cowboys buy a Colts hat. Cowboys. 
Uh, Cowboys took a Jalen Brooks, kind of a dart throw in a dynasty league, but Michael Gallup can never stay healthy. I don't think he stayed healthy his entire NFL career, so that's a nice wide receiver three just in case he can't go. And then they took Deuce Vaughn, over 1,500 yards last year at TCU. He could catch out the backfield as well, 49 receptions in 2021, 42 receptions in 2022. I'm sorry, my, uh, Ronald Jones truthers. I don't believe him. I don't think that train's ever going to take off. I firmly believe Deuce Vaughn will be the RB2 behind Tony Pollard in 2023. And then moving on, they took a day two tight end in Luke. Shoemaker. He set careers high, uh, career highs in Michigan's last year in his final season, and he's a great run blocker, as we all saw what Michigan does on the ground last year and the year, years prior to that. And he has very strong hands. He could catch out the back uh, catch as well. Um, Dalton Schultz is not there no more. They don't believe in Jacob Ferguson, or they don't believe in Payne Hendershot. I believe this will be a committee of tight ends before Shoemaker just takes over as the tight end one for this team. Yeah, all the Ferguson truthers are uh, sweating right now because Schumacher might come in and uh, take that job right from day one. We'll see what happens. Deuce Vaughn, real small dude, but uh, yeah, he looked. You look at his tape, he look, or his film, and he's electric on the field. It's it's so funny. He's like a pinball. He's like a, it's like watching a pinball machine. I, I really like that pick for for what they got. You never know. They might bring. They might Zeke might come crawling back. You know, on this team, and they might. I hope. Oh my God, I hope not. I hope. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. J, JT, my Dolphins, B-minus grade here. They got a, kind of a bad grade here. What, what do you think about the Dolphins? Yeah, they just didn't have many picks. They only had four selections. They had no first-rounder after they got the tampering charges for Sean Payton and Tom Brady, so obviously that knocks their grade way down, losing your first-rounder for something like that. They did get uh, Devin uh, Chain in the third round. I actually – He's a small guy. He's super fast. I was kind of looking like where would be a really good fit for him. I actually thought Miami pre-draft was a great spot for him, the way they spread things out, the way they use their speed. Um, I'm excited about this. He He's moved way up my rankings now that he's going to the Dolphins. I know they got Moser still back. I know they got Wilson back. But I feel like they're going to figure out a way to use him. And I feel like as the season gets going, and both those guys have been – highly injury prone. I feel like as you go out of the season, you're going to see a chain, get some uh, big, big touches. And again, he's a guy who he doesn't need 20 touches a game. If he can get 10 to 15 touches somewhere in there, return yards, uh, you know, handoffs on third down playing, getting the passes out of the backfield, playing the slot. I just think he's a guy that can make big plays. So he's not going to need as many touches. I love that pickup for them. And then their other, uh, Offensive way they went with Elijah uh, Higgins, the other Stanford wide receiver, got him in the sixth round. High upside player, um, possibly can make the roster. I don't know, but he's a guy that could could maybe slide in as their fourth uh, wide receiver on that. Obviously, you're not going to get a lot of touches <laughs> with uh, Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill there, <laughs> but uh, he's a guy that could possibly be there. But I, they didn't do a lot. I didn't love their draft, but a Kane. Uh, a chain was probably my favorite pick for them, and I just felt like it was a perfect spot. Yeah, they were supposed to be, get a big splash of running back in this draft, another team that everybody thought was going to be going running back heavy or somebody. Uh, but when they signed Jeff Wilson. They signed Rome, uh, Raheem Mostert. They signed Miles Gaskin. Uh, uh, I think uh, Sam, uh, Solomon Ahmed was still with the team for one more year. But bringing A-Chain, he's, like, he's a better version of all these guys. But all these guys are – Jeff Wilson is a damn good running back. I mean, people don't – a lot of guys don't like Jeff Wilson. I love the dude, man. I think he's a powerhouse. But <laughs> it, Devin Chain is, is a great addition to this team. So, I'm, I'm happy with that. As a Dolphins fan, I'm 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 happy with that. So, Colin, I think they're moving the Stanford receiver to um, tight end. That's what I was reading. I heard that too. 
Yeah, and I think that makes sense. He's a bigger guy, and with Gasecki gone, it totally makes sense to me that they're going to kind of use him as that slot kind of bigger tight end there. Because I think all they have is uh, Durham Smythe is the only tight end right now on their roster. So to me, that makes sense that uh, that he can probably slide in there and, and be that uh, that tight end for them. Yeah, they Elijah Elijah Higgins. They they picked up. Uh, they got Tanner Connor. He's been there for a couple of years. Jalen Hills is a free agent. Uh, Eric's the sovereign. A lot of these guys are blocking tight ends, and that's all you really need is to, is, is to keep two uh, upright in the pocket. So uh, I'm not sure they they're they're so much worried about a a slot receiving tight end as they are just keeping two healthy. So that's a uh, situation. We'll see how that unfolds. Uh, Brandon Falcons A minus. We got an A minus grade from the Falcons, and uh, you know this is kind of a surprise what happened to draft, but it is what it is. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I think we could all be happy that Lord B. John is an Atlanta Falcon. If he wasn't a Falcon, I wanted him to be a Philadelphia Eagle. They also took another guard. They're probably going to have the best rushing attack. Um, it might be a little spicy take, but I believe him and Tyler could both rush for over 1,000 yards with the way they run the football. But not to, speaking about Tyler going on just strictly Bijan, I believe he's he's a first-round pick in redraft for sure. If he was on the Eagles, I would argue he's the 101. But right now, I believe he's you know somewhere in the middle range, maybe even the back end. If you're picking near the end of your draft and you could end up with Bijan and then uh, an A.J. Brown type of player or something like that, I think you're going out good. But yeah, Bijan Robinson, since I believe for the past like four or five years, a rookie running back has finished as a RB1, and I believe he will be the next one in line. Just kind of how like Barkley and Zeke exploded onto the scene their rookie year. Bijan Robinson will do the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm hearing 350 carries for Bijan uh, this year, 350 touches for Bijan this year. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more, a little bit more, uh, even, not as, not so much even, but I think LG is going to get a lot of work in this offense too. <laughs> and don't forget my guy Cord Corderell Patterson. Uh, you know he's uh, <laughs> he's such a Cordell's in trouble. Yeah, he's in big trouble. But he was Corderell Patterson has been something when he's the Bears and the Patriots. He's somebody who does everything absolutely awesome, but just never like, you know, he had one good season out of his, out of his entire NFL career, but all the rest was just just awesome performances. I'm not sure why he could never put it together, but he ain't putting it together this year with these two guys in front of him, that's for sure. So For sure. For sure. Yeah, Jeez. Atlanta was my absolute favorite landing spot for Bijan. He, that's where I wanted him to go. I picked that in uh, our pre-show that I did. Uh, I just think he's going to get a ton of touches, and I think they just want to pound the rock in Atlanta. I think it's perfect for him. Yeah, it's not perfect for Kyle Pitts, though, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> JT, you're up again with the 49ers. I got a B-minus right here. Yeah, 49ers, B-minus might be a little high for them. Uh, no first-round pick, no second-round picks. They had a bunch of late-round picks. In the third round, they took a kicker, uh, which was a surprise. I mean, I'm not nothing against kickers, but using a third-rounder on a kicker when you have no first- or second-round pick is, yeah, that's, that's not a good move. I, I don't love that move at all by them. And then their other third-round pick, uh, they take a safety – who I kind of liked, but then they take Cameron uh, Latu from Alabama, the tight end. Didn't get a lot of work there uh, as far as receiving. Oh, he cut out a little bit. This team is uh, – they're going to have a situation where – what happens if uh, they sign another quarterback today? Um, who, uh, who was that? I, I saw uh, – oh, shit, I can't remember who it was. But they, I think they're going to trade Trey Lance – Rock Purdy may not be ready for the season. You got Sam Darnold, who could start. If I think if Sam Darnold gets a starting quarterback, uh, starting quarterback job, he might not lose it. And Purdy might be on the bench for the rest of the career. But 
I, yeah, it was a little bit of a head scratcher to have a kicker on, you know, on for your third round pick, like JT said. Uh, yeah. Ronnie Ronnie Bell, uh, they they picked up. Then a yeah, couple that was the agents. only. Yeah, Ronnie Bell was the other offensive guy they got uh, in the seventh round, the wide receiver out of Michigan. That was about the only other offensive guy they took. So yeah, like I said, Latu, nothing against him. I just there was a lot of other tight ends I would have taken in front of him as far as the third. There's a lot of really guys, guys I liked a lot that went in the fifth and sixth. So I just, I was way down on their draft. I would have given them more like a C, C minus on their draft. And just not a lot of impact guys as far as offense on fantasy. I would have given an F. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> if I was handing out these trades, I would have been like a kicker. It's not trying to be Benikowski. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. And they don't need much. The team's awesome. But, I mean, come on, man. You can get a kicker in free agency to – which is, but I mean, we all saw. We, as a Bears fan, we saw what Cody Parkey did to their playoff chances. So I guess kickers are important if you uh, really need one. And then that just says that uh, the Bears are getting their hometown kicker back this this year. Robin Gould uh, coming back yeah, to Chicago—that'd be fantastic. His family still lives here; like they never moved out. He he played in San Francisco, but his family still stayed here, so he might be coming back home. And you guys give Cody Parkey another shot. Yeah, good luck with that. He's, <laughs> he'll never be allowed back in the city again. Not even eat. Not even to eat pizza. Well, he, he gets a beer on me next time I see him. <laughs> uh, Brandon, Giants, A-minus grade. What do you think? Uh, Giants, um, I think they finally got Daniel Jones's weapon. And Jalen Hyatt, he's not going to be some premier receiver, but he's some guy who just takes the top off defenses. Over 27% of his passes came downfield from his five-touchdown game in Alabama. Um, yeah, I still don't think – I don't believe in Darius Lee, and I don't believe in Sterling Shepard. The only receiver that I believe on in New York is Darren Waller. So I believe Hyatt has a very high chance to, you know, produce and make some good numbers over here in um, New York with Vanilla Vic, a.k.a. Danny Dimes. I was kind of happy with this Jalen Hyatt pick because I had traded for guys who were uh, who were pretty low on Darren Waller. I, I, got, I got Darren Waller for a song and a dance before, right when he got traded to the Giants. Figured that they were going to get a whole bunch of receivers in this draft. As, right now, Isaiah Hodgins is probably the best receiver on his team. Like, I don't really yep. get why they didn't get more receivers. But Hyatt's a field stretcher. Daniel Jones is not known to sit back and throw 90-yard bombs down the field. So, trying to scratch my head a little bit. And Hyatt, Hyatt doesn't really – it's hard for him to get open. He's got to play in a slot and get a running start and kind of shift away from guys. He doesn't – he can't really play on the outside. So, I'm not sure what is going to happen here with this – with this uh, with his situation. So, uh, kind of a head scratcher for that pick, you know, as far as I'm thinking, but that's that's just me. Uh, Colin Jaguars B plus grade they got. Well, John, I don't mean to harp on you here, but you skipped my Philadelphia Eagles. Oh shoot! <gasps> listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Your system was probably broken. It's the first time they've ever the team's gotten an A plus 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 plus. So <laughs> it, it, there had to have been a glitch somewhere. It's okay. It's okay. I get it. But, hey, real quick on the Eagles, not really a huge fantasy impact, but Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Georgia Bulldogs in the first round. I mean, come on. Howie Roseman just absolutely nailed it. Some people had Nolan Smith. If you watch the Commissioner Evaluation mock draft show from last week, um, I think we had Nolan Smith in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, for him to fall to them at 30 is just fantastic. Um, and then they got Sidney Brown. He's probably going to be their safety uh, or can switch to safety. Um I mean, even down in round seven, they got Moro Jomo from Texas. He's going to be a run defender. Just really stacked up their defense when everyone said, oh, they lost everyone. Well, they just added some really good pieces, mostly from the Georgia Bulldogs championship team. So um, I'm really happy with how the Eagles draft went. I think people are probably sick of hearing it now because it's been everywhere. So 
Uh, let's talk Jaguars because I thought they had a good draft. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but offensive lineman Cam Robinson is probably going to get suspended uh, for PEDs. So what do they do? They draft Anton Harrison in the first round, another offensive tackle, because they need to keep Trevor protected. Not a secret there. Um, you look at round two, Brenton Strange. This was a deep tight end draft, and a lot of tight ends had already been taken. So they go to Penn State, and they get Brenton Strange. Uh, he's a good receiver. Not a ton of production at Penn State, but again, five tight ends were taken in round two. He was the fifth, so their options were a little limited here. I bet you they probably wanted someone else, and Evan Ingram's only on the franchise tag one year there, so he moves on. Brenton Strange could be a thing uh, as soon as 2024, uh, and then you look at the round, uh, the day day three. I think they had seven or eight picks in day three. Um, not to, familiar with a ton of these players, but just goes to show you that they were really top-heavy with their picks are not as top heavy with their picks, but they grab some good guys. Day three, linebacker, edge, edge, safety, cornerback, safety, defensive lineman. I mean, they just loaded up for defensive pieces. Um, not a bad idea, especially when you add a guy like Anthony Richardson to the division, uh, CJ Stroud into the division, and then perhaps Will Levis, uh, you know, maybe as soon as this year. But, um, you know, I think defense should have been a priority considering how set in their ways their offense is. Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby, very interesting pick. Um, he's a little bit better, I think, between the tackles than Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne should still be the lead running back. He's going to have the most touches of the two of them, but Tank Bigsby should be a priority. If you have Travis Etienne on your dynasty team and you need his handcuff, he's it. Yeah, <clears throat> getting Anton Harrison also in the first round was a good pick. That's uh, This team is on the up, and I got I – got, Brenton Strange in a rookie draft. I, I I got I had I just finished one rookie draft yesterday. I got three more going today as we speak. Brenton Strange, I got him in the fifth round for a second round pick. I'll take that in a heartbeat. If something happens with Evan Ingram or he gets hurt, or we mm -hmm. talked about this last week on our on the commission evaluation uh, pre draft show also that they're going to go with tight end. I didn't see Brenton Strange out of, that came out of left field, but they, their options were limited at that point in time. But I will uh, I'll take a fifth round tight end that's drafted in the second round. It's Decent, as far as I'm concerned, any to every day of the week in a rookie draft. So he fell, he fell. I, I I grabbed him, and I'll be more than happy to put him in my taxi squad for a year and see how it pans out. Uh, JT, J-E-T-S, with a B grade. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, th <clears throat> I thought the Jets did a good job. Uh, they went Will McDonald, their first pick. Edge guy. He kind of was sliding up the drafts. A lot of people had him kind of maybe near the end of the first round. Uh, they end up getting him a uh, mid-round pick. I think they maybe wanted to go O-line there, and then the Steelers trade up in front of him. It's like Broderick Jones. So I think they kind of switched uh, gears there. But, <clears throat> excuse me, they turned around second and third round. Both went O-line, help up up front. I think that helps Brees Hall. That helps Aaron Rodgers, helps the passing game. So two good O-linemen in the second and the fourth. Then one of your favorite guys, John, Israel Izzy Abanaconda in the fifth round. I thought it was a great pick in the fifth round for them. He's going to be a solid backup to Brees Hall. Uh, we're still, you know, coming off the knee injury, not sure exactly when he's going to be back. I think that spells the end of Michael Carter uh, possibly for them. But I like I like him as a great backup, handcuffed to Brees Hall. And then we talked about him slightly earlier in the seventh round, Zach Kuntz, the tight end out of Old Dominion, went to Penn State originally uh, with Pat Fryermuth, uh, transferred to Old Dominion. Perfect grass score, absolutely lit up the combine. A little surprised he dropped to the seventh round. 
I think that's an absolute steal for the Jets there. So they went mostly defense and O-line in the draft. I thought they had a really solid draft. But I like Izzy in the fifth and Kuntz in the seventh. Two guys I'm definitely going to be targeting to see if I can pick up in rookie drafts. I like Michael Carter a lot. And, I, you know, Adam Knight is a pretty solid player. Uh, Brees Hall will be back, I assume, assumingly, on time is what all the reports have said. So to get a band of candy here, kind of uh, another head-scratcher kind of thing. But uh, this is the way the NFL is going right now, bring 15 running backs in the draft. I, Michael Carter might be let go, and if he does, I hope that he goes somewhere that, that people can use him. He's, he's a fantastic player. Just kind of get lost in the shuffle on this team. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. But it's, um, it, the, the Zach Koontz also, they, they already have Ozama, Tyra Conklin, Jeremy Ruckert, Kenny, your your boy, Yaboa. It's, uh, it, so now they have five tight ends on this roster right now. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Koontz. He might take a couple years to, to pan out. But if he does, he sure, he sure de- he des- definitely has the tools to pan out. So, uh Brandon Lions. Everybody, it seems to be this is the new America's team now. They're kind of up and coming, rebuilding everywhere. They got a C plus draft grade, which is the lowest one on this Shout draft. Out what to do you think Dan about? Campbell. Um, well, so they took they possibly took their quarterback of the future with Hooker from Tennessee. He had first round capital until his ACL went bye bye. Um, if they don't work it out with Golf, he will become the starter, obviously. And then you spend a, your twelfth overall pick on Jameer Gibbs. Jamal Charles, Ivan Kamara, this and that, top five dynasty asset. We never know. We will find out. Um, but, yeah, over 1,000 yards in 2021, over 1,300 yards in 2022. No more DeAndre Swift as he was, he's with Collins Eagles. Uh, I'm going to love that, but that's a compliment for another day. But, yeah, Jameer, how good is Monty? We know he's been good, but to spend a top 12 pick on a running back, I could just only think that Monty will sometime this season become the backup to Jameer Gibbs. And then moving on to their other draft pick, Laporta, Iowa, tight end. As we all know, George Kittle, Noah Font, this is a tight end university. He lives in the middle of the field where he gets those big chunk plays. And he might be even a better run and pass blocker than he is a receiving tight end. So I kind of like what they did. Obviously, you know, from a team building perspective, they could have gone here and they could have gone there on the defensive side. But I feel like the Lions smell blood. There's no more Aaron Rodgers. Justin Fields, I believe in Justin Fields, but we don't know what that offense is going to be. Kirk Cousins is still there with JJ. But yeah, the Lions, I feel like they smell blood and they're stacking up on offense because they're going to go for that division this year yeah that Montgomery might just be down early he might just turn into early down back here that just that may be what it is and and Gibbs will just be the receiving back and that's okay I mean that's it's not a bad situation that I think they both can do both Mm -hmm. Uh, Gibbs is obviously a better version of a running back than Montgomery is but this is that's a pretty good one too if either one of these guys go down the other one's gold fantasy gold so Colin Packers a minus what do you think? Yeah, uh, the Packers, you know, a lot of people wanted them to take a wide receiver in round one. Uh, that's just obviously not what they want to do. It's not what they like to do. They Ever. like to do it in round two, though. Um, <laughs> Devontae Adams, Christian Watson last year, and then they got Jaden Reed this year. Really like the Jaden Reed pick. Not a typical Packers receiver, though. A uh, little bit undersized compared to who they usually grab, like the guys I just mentioned, Devontae Adams, Christian Watson, but – for them to take him means they like him. Um, but they did get Lucas Van Ness round one. Hercules, uh, if you remember, this was the pick swap between the Jets uh, going from 13 to 15. Uh, the Packers went up to 13, obviously, uh, by trading Aaron Rodgers. So I do wonder if Lucas Van Ness was the guy they wanted there or if he was just you know the highest guy on their board at that point. But good edge defender um, you know, for offenses like the Vikings. The Bears is ascending. The Lions, like we just talked about, 
very good offense. So a uh, good guy to have, really lean body, uh, just strong. I mean, they call him Hercules. So good guy to add to that team. And then, you know, they you look at the rest of their draft. They added five tight ends and wide receivers in total. Um, two tight ends in round two, Luke Musgrave and T- Tucker Craft. Um, really interesting by them there, but they did lose Robert Tunyon. I think M- Luke Musgrave can be a very uh, interesting dynasty uh, draft piece. I don't know, John, how where he's been going in those drafts that you've been doing, but um, I think he's going to be an impact player for this team. Uh, I do think they're just kind of overhauling this offense for Jordan Love, who they just uh, signed to a one-year extension yesterday. Um, but they've got Dobbs, Watson, uh, Musgrave now, um, Jaden Reed, who I just talked about. So I do think they're just trying to find a young pieces to surround Jordan Love with. And I think both of these guys are going to have impacts. You look at day three, ton of picks. Uh, let me see here. Three, six, nine. I, I think they had 11 picks on day three. So this is just a team that's really trying to figure themselves out uh, after moving on from Aaron Rodgers. And I think they're doing okay. Um, it's just going to be it's going to be weird to see the Packers rebuilding because we just haven't seen that in a long time. Tucker Kraft actually went in um, uh, our rookie draft before Luke, Luke Musgrave did. So okay. somebody really must like uh, Tucker Kraft a little more than Musgrave as far as fantasy purposes are concerned. And I don't blame him. I, I like Musgrave, but I, it's kind of a toss-up between these guys as far as I'm concerned. Uh, either one of them I can see panning out. But they, they definitely this – was, this was a glaring need for the Packers is to get tight end. So to get two of them right now – yeah, you know, that's just in case one of them doesn't pan out. Maybe the Packers like both of them. They couldn't decide. They'll figure it out in camp. They'll figure it out early in the season. And then they'll move on with one of them going, going forward. So that's a, that's good good for them. If that's what they wanted to do, that's their path and have at it. JT, Panthers, they got a B grade here. Muted. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, Panthers moved up. Uh, number one pick, trade with the Bears. Uh Question was who they were going to go with the whole time. Obviously, Bryce Young is their guy. Um, I think he's got a ton of ability. Guy's really good. I'm worried about whether he can stay healthy uh, in the NFL and, and just with his size and everything else. But uh, they obviously love him. He's got a good coaching staff there. I think they're putting pieces around him. So he's. I think he's definitely got a shot to succeed there. So I think they, they moved up, got the guy they wanted. So you got to like that. And then the second round, they took uh, Jonathan Mingo, one of the few wide receivers with size in this draft. Is a lot. Uh, it was kind of an undersized draft as far as wideout was concerned. Uh, nice size, not real productive at Ole Miss uh, the last couple of years, but uh, a guy that runs fast, has everything you want as far as traits. The question is now, can he put it together in the NFL? So I think Mingo is a real interesting case. We might look back here in a couple of years and be like, man, they stole him in the second round. But I also can see us looking back and being like, man, there was a lot of guys out there and they took Jonathan Mingo as the star wide receiver for Bryce Young. So he's definitely a guy uh, I'm rooting for, but um, I mean, he's definitely a guy that's got some, some issues as far as where he's produced in the past. So, if he can come out and be that number one for Bryce Young, I think they crush this draft. If not, you know, we'll see. They didn't have a lot of picks, obviously, with the trade. They went defense the rest of the way. Uh, but they, they put a lot of eggs in the Bryce Young and Mingo basket. I just – I have Mingo in a league. The first league I drafted was my campus camp league, and I, I got him in a free agent uh, draft, actually like the supplemental draft. So I named my team a Mingo at my trophy. <laughs> So that's, that's <laughs> my terrible team name. But do you think he supplants uh, Terrace Marshall right from the get-go? 
I think it's tough. I think they're going to battle it out. Uh, I think Thielen being there is going to kind of be the guy initially, uh, while those other guys kind of figure it out. Uh, that wide receiver room is going to be really, really interesting to see how it shakes out by the start of the season because I think it could go any number of ways, to be honest with you. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Uh, Brandon, Patriots, uh, what, what do you think about what did the Patriots do that was so interesting this year? They did not get rid I mean, of. They did not get rid of running backs to get rid of Ramondre Stevenson, which made me very happy. Oh yeah, Ramondre top five season incoming. You know, top three in targets and catches for running backs. But when it comes to the draft, you know they're going to work on defense. It's Bill Belichick, Christian Gonzalez, the top cornerback, um, Mac Jones. I don't even want to talk about that guy. But they did take uh, Keishawn okay. Boyd and Demario Douglas, day three picks. Um, and I kind of. Excuse me. I kind of like him just for the fact that there's not really any competition there. Devontae Parker, I do not believe in him. He's practically 30 years old who cannot stay healthy. Kendrick Bourne and then Juju Smith-Schuster. That's the wide receiver one in the New England Patriots. He's more focused on averaging TikTok views than catching the football. So, yeah, Keyshawn Bo, he has catching problems. But I believe, like I said, there's not really any competition for them. And Mac Jones has to get the ball out before Zaley Bapa takes his uh, starting role. So I really like the LSU pick. And I'm, I'm grabbing him everywhere in the fourth round, and it doesn't hurt to take him in the fourth round. He can easily have a top 30 finish this year with Mac Jones and that uh, receiving court. They got Boudet. Boudet. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of the Keyshawn the uh, Boudet pick, but uh, that's I think they needed to do a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball, and I didn't really uh, I didn't really see it happening. So. This isn't. The, they're not known for their passing prowess, and they they, they don't do really do very well on the, on the wide receivers they draft. So. I think this just tells me that they're going to run Stevenson into the not not a bad way, but they're just going to he's going to get the ball a lot. He's going to be that focal point of the offense this year. Yeah, I mean they now they what they got seven tight end side seven running backs in it. They got Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris. So if I like Kevin Harris a lot, I have him uh, in as on my teams. I, I went and got him instead of Pierre Strong in a couple places. I, I like Kevin Harris more. Ty Montgomery, Jay Brunner, James Robinson. JJ Taylor uh, from the, the 49ers guy. So I just just screams defense and, and ground and pound. So that's that's what they do. They got a couple offensive linemen. That's hey, enough. They got two offensive linemen in the fourth round, one in the fifth. I mean, this is this is the Belichick way. Run it, run it, run it, and uh play defense. And I'm I'm okay with it. It's just they're in a tough division to kind of be uh ground and pound and control the clock uh, uh, team this year. So Good luck with that, Bill Belichick. I hope you get smoked all season long. You deserve it for 15 <laughs> years of rubbing in my Dolphins' face. <laughs> Colin, Raiders, B-plus, what do you think? Yeah, I thought the Raiders had a good draft. Uh, again, I mentioned the Bills earlier. they got to try to battle it out in their division. The Raiders are stuck with Patrick Mahomes for another, what, seven years or so? Um, and then you also figure Justin Herbert's there. And even Russell Wilson. I, I'm not out on Russell Wilson yet, but he's still there. Still a good quarterback. Um so grabbing Tyree Wilson at seven was a great pick. Uh, arguably the best player on the board at that point. Um, I think he was at least a top five player of most people's board. I thought he was going to be a top five pick. Um, but of course, with three quarterbacks going in the top four, you know, he bumps down a little bit. So good, good pick up there. Uh, he's just a physical specimen. He's going to be a problem, especially they have Max Crosby already. Uh, really good tandem there uh, getting after the quarterback. Uh, Michael Mayer, really, really interesting pick here. Um, obviously, they lost uh, Darren Waller to the New York Giants. They did bring in Austin Hooper, and they did did bring in O.J. Howard. I don't really care. Uh, Michael Mayer led all tight ends in college and targets last year. He's going to be a thing in uh, Las Vegas, especially for Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who likes to get the ball to his playmakers. And Michael Mayer is a playmaker. I was actually shocked 
he made it to round two. But hey, um, not arguing, you know, at all about the draft capital and where he went. Uh, I thought, you know, again, I thought a team might come up and get him in the first round so he could have that fifth year option. But he ends up in a good spot in Las Vegas where Devontae Adams is probably going to lead the team in targets, um, but he's not there forever. And, uh, you know, eventually, you know, Jacoby Myers is on a three-year deal. They've got Hunter Renfro. But Hunter Renfro, I think, is going to get supplanted by Trey Tucker, uh, their fourth round or third-round pick from Cincinnati. 5'9", 4'4", speed, really shifty. I think he's going to be a thing in a couple years. Um, but as far as this team, I think the big question mark is quarterback. How good is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be in this McDaniels offense? And they drafted Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue to perhaps be his backup. Not a good pick at all. Um I don't think Aiden O'Connell has a ton of production. I thought his 2021 season was a little bit more interesting, and 2022 is probably a reason why he fell a little bit in this draft. But um, I don't see any any future for Aiden O'Connell to play any game, any significant time in Las Vegas. So um, I think their 2023 offense is going to be good, um, but I, I still think this team has a long way to go before they're competing uh, or even making the playoffs. I know they got a lot of running backs on this roster right now, but I thought for sure they were going to draft a running back to just in case they couldn't uh, secure a long deal deal with long term deal with Jacobs. Uh, I just feel like at this point in time they're going to have to overpay Jacobs to to resign him long term if they don't if they're going to sign him long term at all. But I mean they they I didn't I I felt sorry for Jacobs last year because they just kept handing the ball and handing the ball and handing the ball and I had him on three fantasy teams so I was super happy about it. But at the same time. Every day, I was like, towards the end of the season, I just like, how much can this guy take? But yep. it, it, here it comes again. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna feed him again. He's still only twenty four years old, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's there's been a lot of evidence that's, that that says that there's nothing. It doesn't suggest that if you get more carries, you're going to get hurt, which I thought was crazy. It's just kind of a freak injury thing. But if they're going to keep running and they're going to keep running and they're going to keep running and they're going to keep doing it with Josh Jacobs. I'm just going to keep Josh Jacobs on every team instead of trying to trade him away until the well's dry. And I'll just, you know, it is what it is. So, okay, do we know if he's going to play under the franchise tag or is he going to wait for that long term deal? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. I know, Sa- don't, I know I, the rumors are Saquon said he, he wants a long term deal. So, might see Jacobs do the same thing. I mean, Jacobs has a team by the short and curlies right now with the way he's yep. got the situation. There's nobody else that's going to be able to do anything that Josh Jacobs does. So I think they're going to have to pay him sooner or later if he does sit out. And it's going to be sooner rather than later because they, they need him. They need him bad. Uh, JT Rams, you got an AA minus grade here. What do you think? Uh, again, tough to give a team an A grade when they don't have a first round pick. I mean, six year. I was laughing at the draft. They're showing. 2017 to 2022 first round picks Rams pop up zero pick no picks every year I was like no first round pick so again they didn't have a first round pick went guard second round I thought was a decent selection they had a million picks in this draft by the way just no first rounder they were all late picks ton of fifth ton of sixth ton of seventh round picks you know those guys are always kind of dart throws uh offensively their number one pick offensively was Stetson Bennett in the fourth round. A little bit surprised by that with all the pieces they need to fill there in in L.A. But I, I guess for Stetson Bennett, it's a good situation. I mean, John Wolford is nothing to write home about. And Stafford with the injuries. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little Stetson Bennett at some point next year. I mean, obviously, he's an older player. It's not like he needs to figure out what to do as a rookie back-to-back national champion, 
guy's almost 25, 26 right now. So I is a little bit of surprise of a pick, but I think he actually probably fits in for the Rams a little bit there. Offensively, they didn't do much else. They got a ton of defensive players, which they need badly. Um, they took Davis Allen in the fifth, tied in from Clemson, high upside from him. I think he could uh, he could be solid on that team as a backup to Higby. Um, and then they took uh, Puka Nakua from BYU, wide receiver, a pretty solid player there in the fifth round. Obviously lost Allen Robinson. Uh, they've got pretty much Cooper Cup and Dan Jefferson. Not much else behind those two guys. So he's going to have a shot to make the roster and and be in the mix there. But uh, the, probably the most interesting pick, especially fantasy-wise, people are going to be pumped about, was they took Ole Miss running back Zach Evans in the sixth round. Evans dropping, I mean, a guy, super high, talented player, five-star coming out of high school. Um just never could get a hold on the overall number one job in college. Uh, went to TCU, went to Ole Miss, split time at both places. Um, he's a guy, you know, if you're going to sit, if you're going to go with talent, if you're going to take a guy in the sixth round, take the guy that has the talent and Zach Evans has the talent. And he's a guy I'm going to be looking at um, to take a draft for sure. I think he definitely can compete for the starting running back job uh, there in, in L.A. So he's a guy he's going to go up the draft boards for me, even with a six-round pick, which usually is a death for a running back. I think he actually has a really good shot uh, in this spot for him. So didn't love the draft for the Rams, but I thought they did what they could with what they had. They're comparing Zach Evans to J.H.I. because of his knee is so bad. They said he doesn't have an ACL in one of the, one of his knees. Like it's it's such a bad situation where he might have a really good career for a year or two, maybe three, but that it's he's gonna fall off a cliff real bad when when it when his when his knee really starts to he's got arthritis real bad in his knee. I think uh, you're talking about Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears is the one that's got all kinds of knee problems. I haven't heard anything about that with Zach Evans. Tajay Spears definitely is missing a whole ACL and definitely has another one that oh. he hurt. So, yeah, I think you're talking about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evans. So, okay. yeah, Evan, Evans, that doesn't, he's got some injury issues in college. He never played a full season when he was there, uh, but he had a variety of injuries. He never had a major one that took him out for the year. Uh, but so that's, but he's going to be interesting guy to see how he fits. He never could be the lead back in college, and now we'll see if he gets a chance to do it in the pros. Yeah, I got yeah. to Evans only has 290 carries over three years, um, but 6.9 yards per carry. He's an absolute monster. Uh, and this Rams team is absolutely rebuilding, retooling uh, Cooper Cup to the moon in 2023 because uh, they really don't have anyone else there. I think Puka Nakua is interesting. Didn't I think he ended up in L.A., right? Did yeah. you mention him? Yeah, I think he's really interesting as maybe a Robert Woods type. Um, but – Zach Evans, I really like that by JT. I think he he should be a target for late round dynasty because I don't think people are too uh, keen on him yet. But uh, Cam Akers, history of a torn Achilles, and that's about it in that backfield. So this could be a guy that's just you know grounded and pounding uh, in LA. Yeah, I worked a midnight shift, got my guys mixed up. Sorry about that. So, but <laughs> Brandon Ravens, they got an A grade here. What do you think? I think, the, I think keeping Lamar Jackson was the best thing to happen with them, obviously. If not, that would have set that franchise back like 10-plus years. But they took, you know, they took Zay Flowers, uh, someone from Broward County where I live as well. Um, he was pretty much the best receiver in Boston College history, receiving yards, receptions, and touchdowns. All He led them all in school history. But I think what Zay Flowers could do the best is his after-catchability and how he could just evade tackles. And I pretty, much, I, I personally believe he'll be that second option behind Mark Andrews in front of Odell Beckham Jr. 
Jr. And this just breaks my heart for Rashad Bateman. But it just shows you that the Ravens taking him in the first round with the new offensive coordinator. They're going to, I believe, Lamar Jackson will have a career year when it comes um, in terms of passing the football. Signing Lamar Jackson was priority here, and I'm glad they finally got that done. It. I felt bad for Lamar Jackson. I felt bad for Ravens. It kind of they both had eggs in their face this entire process, but you know that it's it's all done now. They're all happy. This offense will run. It's hopefully be a lot more passing offense. It's with a new offensive coordinator. I think that um, I, I think with Todd Monk in there, I think that this this team is going to run a little bit more pass heavy than run heavy. Try and keep try and keep uh, Lamar Jackson on his feet more than, uh, you know, just getting hit all over the field. They don't want to see a situation where they, they sign him to a long-term contract and get him hurt right away. So, Colin, Saints, B-plus, what do you think? Yeah, I think the Saints are trending in the right direction to perhaps win the NFC South this year. Uh, you know, I know some people think that the Carolina Panthers put together a good team. That's true. They're just very young, good coaching staff. Atlanta Falcons, obviously, everyone's excited about that offense now with B. John Robinson. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, but quarterback is still a little bit of a question mark. And then I already talked about the Buccaneers. If Baker Mayfield's a starter there, it could really go a ton of different ways. But uh, I think the Saints have the most complete team in that division all of a sudden with Derek Carr under center. Uh, I think defense was an obvious emphasis for this team in this draft. They got Brian Brisset in their in the first round. Um, on our mock draft last week, we talked about Cam Jordan's not going to be there forever. He's turning 34. Uh, so, you know, bulking up the defensive line and retooling that there was a good idea. Um, and then they got an edge rusher from Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey. Um, Good pick there. Uh, as far as offensive guys for fantasy, I really like two of their picks. Kendra Miller, um, absolute beast from TCU. Uh, he's going to be a priority in my rookie drafts. Uh, you know, that seems to me, based on where he was picked in this draft, third round, that Alvin Kamara is probably going to get suspended or they've gotten some indication that that's going to happen. And then you have Jamal Williams, who he can be a pass catcher. Uh, he led the league in touchdowns last year, 17. You know who else had 17 touchdowns last year? Kendra Miller at TCU. Um, so I think he can kind of be there between the tackles uh, lead running back where Jamal Williams is, you know, not relegated per se, but maybe the 1B like he was in Green Bay way back when. Um, so, uh, I, I do like Kendra Miller a lot for this team for their future. And then I really like AT Perry. Um, they drafted him in the sixth round. I was actually shocked. He fell that far. I don't know why, if you guys have any indication, um, you know, I'd love to know, but back to back thousand yard and 10 touchdown seasons at wake forest. Uh, you look at their receiving core. They've got Chris Alave. Awesome. Then they've got Michael Thomas. I, you know, I, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> How many games is Michael Thomas going to play? I don't know. So A.T. Perry could have a role in this team um, sooner than later. They have Rashid Shahid there. Uh, he, he's going to be a weapon. Taysom Hill is going to be a thing for this offense, but I do like grabbing A.T. Perry in the sixth. I think he could be a uh, surprising riser uh, this year as far as wide receivers go in the rookie class. I don't know why A.T. Perry fell, but that's that's it's a head scratcher for a lot of people. Uh, there's plenty of people in all my – he was drafted in, a, I, I think, the end of the fourth round in, in our in our rookie draft yesterday. So uh, – but it, he was a – I mean, in, I mean, in the Devil Royale uh, Campus Cannon League that we're in, those guys are all drooling over A.T. Perry before the, you know, before we actually – before the actual NFL draft. And, you know, he's just someone that 
they got lucky to get him where they got him at. I'll just, I'll just put it that way. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I love A.T. Perry. I wrote an article for DLF for him. I just think he – I can't believe he fell to six. I had him going possibly late third, even uh, to the Packers and the fourth to the Chiefs. So uh, him going to the six, I actually think it's a great landing spot for him, even though he's going to six. I think he ends up being their number two or number three wide receiver by the end of the year. I mean, Michael Thomas hasn't played in three years. Uh, and he's the true X that can play on the outside who has good size. Size at 6'3, 200 pounds. So I actually really love Perry. I'm trying to grab him in every one of my rookie drafts. If I can get him in the fourth round, I'm jumping all over him. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great spot to get him too late. And I think even the third round would be, I'd be okay to grab him in the third round, but he fell only to fourth uh, yep. before, my, before my pick. So there's nothing I can do about it. But it's a, it is what it is. Brandon Seahawks, I got an A minus grade here. But I mean, for fantasy wise, they got the best uh, wide receiver in the draft. Here. What do you think about this? Wise, this is beautiful. Um, JSN, uh, I feel like after this year, he might be the best receiver on that team, and that's including DK Metcalf. Um, Tyler Locke is getting there in age. He's about to be 30 if he's not already 30. But, yeah, JSN, we saw what he did in Ohio State. That's the new wide receiver university. He's a top 12 wide receiver right now in Dynasty and probably a top 20 asset overall. But not more him because we know what he's about. But Zach Charbonnet, I need to ask you guys this. Charbonnet. If you own Kenneth, walker and dynasty are you nervous because it's like you spend a day to pick on this guy his athletic score he was sixth amongst running backs he had 10 games last year in ucla and he had over 1300 yards he could catch out the backfield as well which kenneth walker cannot do that well so it's just like it's kind of concerning in my opinion it's very concerning i I think they're they're both very good running backs i i I just i i think that Pete Carroll is going to run the ball. Pete Carroll is going to take running backs every year, and Pete Carroll is going to do Pete Carroll stuff. And you worry about the defense and the running game. And I think he, they must like to get to pick up Charbonnet in the second round, like where they got Walker last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that says that they maybe they don't they don't trust Ken Walker as much as we like him as a fantasy asset. Uh, I, I I like Charbonnet a lot, but I like Kenneth Walker a lot. I'm not sure what's going to happen with this offense at this point in time. I think for me. Uh what we have to try to do is separate our NFL minds and our fantasy minds. I think we all had in our minds that Zach Charbonnet was going to go to a team and be the lead back, but the Seahawks needed to draft running backs. They needed running backs in that room. They lost Travis Homer. They lost Rashad Penny. Obviously Chris Carson's not there anymore. Uh, He's a year out removed. So Kenneth Walker is really their only option in the backfield. So they could have added anyone here, and we would have been like, oh, okay, that makes sense. They're adding a running back behind Kenneth Walker. But because it was someone so good like Zach Charbonnet that we wanted somewhere else, I think we're all a little bit nervous about that. But it makes sense that they uh, added a running back. Um, I think they're both going to get used, but how many touches are there going to be to go around? DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, JSN, these two running backs. Um, is this, If this offense takes a huge step forward, like um, – you know, perhaps the Chiefs or, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles from last year uh, where, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard were all great. And then Miles Sanders set career highs as well. Awesome. But um, how good do you feel about starting any of these guys week to week and expecting major fantasy performances? It's going to be tough in 2023. Yes. 
JT, your Steelers, they got an A grade. Everybody got an A grade in this draft, I guess, but what do you think? <laughs> uh, I thought the Steelers crushed the draft overall. Obviously, they went mostly defense, and they, they filled all the holes they had on defense, which was where they mostly needed help. Um, offensively, didn't do much. Brian uh, Jones, uh, the first great pick for him. That helps Najee Harris. That helps Kenny Pickett. That helps all the guys on offense for the Steelers. So I love the pick of him moving up to make sure they got him in the first round. And then the only other offensive guy they really went is uh, they went and got Washington from uh, Georgia. Huge guy. Obviously, I don't think it hurts uh, Friermuth at all. I think people are talking about it. They're like, oh, is you worried about him? I don't think so at all because I think they're going to use him differently. And I actually think they're going to go way more 12 personnel this year with Washington where they're going to play both guys and they're going to allow uh, Muth to go out in more pass patterns because they're going to be able to keep Washington in the block. Love Washington, the player. Love Washington, the fit for the Steelers. Fantasy-wise, not a great landing spot. I just don't think there's going to be a ton of targets to go around uh, there for the Steelers. Um, so that's one of those I'm taking him, especially in leagues where I have Friar Muth. I'm taking him as the backup in case he gets hurt. But I do not see a lot of production out of the gate for him. Love the real-life pick. Don't love it for fantasy. Yeah, Darnell Washington was a, uh, a fan favorite for the Twitter community. Uh, but he fell a little bit further than a lot of people thought. But, yeah, Friar Muth, I think, is the guy on this team. I, I, I don't think the Washington's really going to threaten too much of his production. So, I, yeah, where are we at? Colin, Texans, B+. Plus. So this is, they made some big moves. Yeah, uh, I really like the Texans draft, and it really has to you know rest on the first three picks in the draft because they had two of them uh, when it all was said and done. C.J. Stroud, I was so happy to see him go second overall. Um, arguably QB one in this draft. Uh, but you know, that's a discussion for another day as far as these guys go. Um, I thought he was going to go to the Panthers. I really did, but I'm happy to see him on the Texans. I think he's going to do really well there, but they need to upgrade that receiving core fast. Um, Robert Woods. Okay. It's an older Robert Woods, John Mechie. We don't know what we really have yet in John Mechie, but happy to see him back after missing last year, uh, after a cancer diagnosis. Uh, but then they added tank Dell later in this draft who, C.J. Stroud supposedly let the Texans brass know after he was drafted, go get my guy Tank Dell. Really, really productive receiver at University of Houston, so he's not even leaving the city. Um, but he's only 160 pounds, so uh, you know he's just got to get away from defenders if he's got to be productive, right? Um, but really, they, they went up from that 12th overall pick and traded up, gave up next year's first to the Arizona Cardinals, but they traded up to number three to get Will Anderson, who I thought was the best player in this draft, so... I thought they were, you know, they got an A already in round one. Um, again, I mentioned Tank Dell, round three. Juice Scruggs, Penn State, a little bit of a reach, but he, uh, center. So, you know, it just goes to show they're trying to protect their quarterback. Um, and then my favorite other pick that they made was in round five. Uh, Henry To'o, To'o uh, from Alabama, really physical linebacker. Uh, and you think they got D'Amico Ryans, who was a linebacker on the Houston Texans prior. Now he's the head coach. Uh, this is an identity pick. I think this is a guy that's going to set the tone, uh, help set the culture in Houston, and try to make this team great again. Um, but, you know, I, I think overall this this team really rests on C.J. Stroud and how good he can be at the next level, which I'm hopeful for. Um, but I, I'd like to see them add a little bit more of a stud receiver there maybe in the next draft. This is my favorite team here because they picked up my son's teammate from the Brother Rice High School in Chicago, Xavier Valade. Uh, I, I think he's 
he did so good in college his last, his last year. I, I don't know why he was just an afterthought for every NFL team. Uh, you know, Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, Mike Boone, uh, Dari Agubuale, Jared Dokes. I, I, hopefully, Xavier Valade has a chance to, like, get on the field and maybe show something. I mean, I mean he's already 24, almost 25. That, I mean, that's a, that's a huge, or he's 24. That's a humongous, and he had tons of carries in college. So that may be uh, a situation why he fell so far in the draft. He's already kind of used up a little bit, but I, I hope he gets a chance to shine a little bit in the field because just seeing uh, kids that my son play with make it to the NFL is, uh, even as an under, under uh, even as, a, as an undrafted free agent, is still a special thing for, uh, for, for a player, a young young man, anyway. So I do think so, they're going to run the ball a ton in 2023. Uh, I'm really high on Damian Pierce this year because yeah. I don't think Devin Singletary is. I don't want to say a legitimate threat to touches uh, for Damian Pierce, but I don't think he's going to see as many as some may think uh, in Houston. I think Damian Pierce is the guy. A sneaky guy I like that Houston took was Xavier Hutchinson. So Hutchinson was super productive at Iowa State. Um, a bigger wide receiver, 6'2", 200 pounds. I actually like him. I actually think he's going to have a spot in this uh, rotation of wide receiver. Not Maybe not right away. Maybe it takes him a while to kind of get in there. But I actually like him in there with uh, with Dell and Nico. I kind of think Robert Woods is at the, at the end here, a lot of injuries. But Hutchinson's a guy I'm, I'm loving taking late as a kind of a sneaky pick, uh, pick up in rookie drafts. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Brandon, or uh, JT, Titans. Uh, the best thing I say about the Titans draft is they did take Will Levis in the first round. <laughs> I got to congr- congratulate him on that. At least they, they held off to the second round to trade up to get him. Uh, I'm not a big Will Levis guy. I wouldn't have gone him here. But, hey, they need offense, and they need offense bad. And at least they went offense every pick in this draft. So uh, the Titans know they need help, and they went and got it. So Will Levis, wherever you think of him, at least they got him in the second, so the first didn't have to take the twelfth pick with him. I like that. Taji Spears, a player I like a lot, like you talked about a little bit from Tulane. Third round guys, two ACLs uh, injuries, one is completely gone his knee. I think the guy can be productive. The question is, are you getting two years out of him? Or are you getting three years out of him? I mean, how much are you going to actually get out of him? But I do like him as a change, a pace back behind Derrick Henry. Um, they went just White in the fifth round. Tied in out of Cincinnati. He's got solid upside. Uh, some other guys I like better there than him, but he's a decent player. Another offensive uh, lineman, uh, Jalen Duncan, in the sixth round. So they added that to Skronsky, which was their first-round pick, which I thought was a great pick by them. And then Colton Dowell, they added uh, wide receiver out of UT Martin in the seventh. So didn't love this draft for them, really. I mean – all these guys, other uh, Skronsky, I thought was a great pick at twelve. But other than that, I thought it was a very average draft for the Titans. I know they were trying to help the offense. I'm just not sure how much they did. The Titans are rumored to be trying to trade up for Will Levis in the Will Levis in the first round. They just couldn't get anything done, so they they got Again, him they second. lucked out. They lucked out that nobody would trade with them. So. <laughs> Man, you hate this guy. I, don't I, I, just, I, just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. It's not that I dislike the guy personally. I just don't understand how people are watching his tape, watching what he does, and say, yeah, man, this guy is like the next big thing. I just don't understand. Like I said, I like Clayton Toon a ton better. You watch watch their films side by side and tell me that Clayton Toon is a much better quarterback than Will Levis. I just don't understand it personally. It's like Josh Allen part two. What are you talking about, man? 
guy's got it all. Right. It's Ryan Tannehill part two. A <laughs> <laughs> lot, lot, lot of this. A lot of hands. Same the team on. and everything. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Brandon, Vikings, they also got an A. What do you go figure? What do you think? Uh, shout out to the, the, the small guys out there, Jordan Addison. Um, you got the Jalen Waddles and the Devontae Smiths. I believe him and JJ could be like an A.J. Brown and a Devontae Smith, a Jalen Waddle, a Tyreek Hill, a Higgins, and a Chase. He's never going to be the wide receiver one when you literally have the greatest thing since Randy Moss at the receiving position. But it's going to take off a ton of pressure. You still have Hawkinson out there as well. And the Vikings are a very pass-heavy team. Um, Kirk Cousins, he isn't big in primetime games in the playoffs. He had a blunder against the Giants, but he still produces, and he'll still get the ball to these guys. I believe Jordan Addison will be a great target in Dynasty Leagues at the 106-107. I'll take him over Johnston, and I'll take him over Zay Flowers any day of the week. And then moving on to their day three pick in Dwayne McBride. This man had over 230 attempts and 1700 yards i was talking to my friends a few days ago something about dalvin cook i don't know if the vikings are waiting to like summertime to avoid like i think it's like a cap hit or some type of penalty to either trade or release him and you know this guy could be a nice compliment to alexander the great madison in minnesota this season do you think that jordan anderson is going to be able to beat out jalen rager on the outside <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that's what a great pick that was. For I that. absolutely love the Addison pick. I was yes. pumped. I thought that was a great landing spot for him. I, I, I really wanted to see Addison or Jason with the Chargers, but once they took Johnson, I loved Addison to the Vikings. I just think it's an absolutely prime spot for him opposite JJ. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. It was, uh, it was a great. I, I think that's, that was very happy. Very fantasy managers are very happy about that, that landing spot. Colin, see us out here. Go ahead. I'm going to answer Brandon's question about Dalvin Cook real quick. If they were to trade him before June 1st, mm-hmm. it's a dead cap hit of $6 million, but they would save $7 million, $7.8 million. They trade him after June 1st. It's only a $3 million hit in 2023, $3 million hit in 2024, but they save $11 million in 2023. So ah. that's that's really it. I think we're going to see it. Um, yeah. I know we talked about Devin A. Shane earlier. Obviously, if he goes to Miami – all those guys, it's going to be kind of a mess. Funny but. story I have. Um, so my, I have two friends that I like knew Dalvin and FSU and they, there's a place in Miami called the office. It's like a club. And they saw him there a couple of weeks ago. Oh, no and way. He, he was just, he, you know, he was a little off the, the alcohol, but he was just talking about how he can't stand the cold and he's ready to go to the crib. And he's obviously from Miami. So we'll see. But, yeah, it was just funny that that actually – and it's all coming into fruition. Like, if he does end up being a Miami Dolphin, it's because it's just funny. that He was just at the office, and he was just running his mouth. He's like, I can't stand the cold. Anywhere else. (laughs) At the office around some strippers. (laughs) All right. That's where he said he he wants to go. He said that that's his number one preferred uh, chase. But, I mean, I can also see him getting the ring in Kansas City also because they didn't pick anybody up in the draft. Maybe they already had plans. super nice. That would be super, super nice. Yes, absolutely would be. It would not, it would, yeah, it would be, it would be great. But Colin, see us out with the Washington football team, the commanders. Yeah, I didn't really know what they were doing uh, during this draft. I, I thought it was one of the worst drafts. Um, I really do like Emmanuel Forbes, but really, really, I don't want to say small, but 166 pound cornerback. Um, that's really interesting when you figure he could be covering guys like A.J. Brown. C.D. Lamb, um, you know, obviously most of the Giants wide receivers are slot. You're either slot or you're not in New York. But um, Emmanuel Forbes, 4-3 uh, speed, but again, 166 pounds. So um, 
I don't know if that was a reach or not. I don't know how, you know, where he was on most people's big boards, but um, interesting pick for the first round. Then you look at the second round, another cornerback, Jertavius Martin from Illinois, really versatile player. Um, he could move to safety for that team. So it's obvious they know what they're up against in the NFC East. So they're bulking up, uh, you know, the secondary there, which I do respect. Um, then they grabbed Ricky Stromberg, which many people thought was a uh, reach center out of Arkansas. And then you look at day three. Um, a pick I really liked was Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky uh, running back. He's not going to add anything in the passing game, but he is going to pound the football. I hope he makes this team six foot, 217 pounds. Um, again, really early down runner. I do wonder if they hate Antonio Gibson enough that they do yeah. trade him or uh, he perhaps doesn't make this team this year. And it's, uh, a, you know, some sort of combination of Brian Robinson and uh, Chris Rodriguez here. So something to keep an eye on because, uh, you know, I don't think they're utilizing Antonio Gibson the way they should, especially after Ron Rivera a couple years back when he took the job, called him the Washington, D.C. CMC. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey there, which he has not been used as such. So um, free Antonio Gibson and uh, hopefully Chris Rodriguez is a thing here in Washington. Free Antonio Gibson is right. I mean, you got to, you got to time yes. Chris Rodriguez with a sundial. He's so slow. So I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, why they made that pick also just an early down plotter. They already have one of Brian Robinson. I'm not sure what, just get rid of it. I, every time I see Ron Rivera, if you want to slap in the face, like, I can't, I don't know why he's doing this. Antonio Gibson just, let him go. Like, oh, he makes me sick. Him and Pete Carroll are my two like least favorite people in the NFL by far. Like, it's them two in tier one of the guys I want to beat the shit out of. For being I'm ready for Pete Carroll to retire, too. Oh, guy hurts my skin. Anyway, JT knows all my rants all too well about these two guys. So, anyway, so thanks for coming on today, guys. I really appreciate this. Uh, jumping on an early morning show. Um, Brandon, can you uh, tell us about yourself, where everybody can find you at, where the Twitter machine can find you, all the stuff you got going on? Twitter right there at Brandon Blanco FF, um, writing for PQW Fantasy and writing for the IDP guys as well, but mostly on the offensive side. And, yeah, Twitter all day, every day. Go Knicks, Knicks and Six, Packers, go Packers as well. Ooh, oh, yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. I'll see you in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Colin. Don't worry. Hey, that means we got there. I'd be thrilled. <laughs> Me too. Same here. Same here. <laughs> Colin, how about you? Yeah, uh, I'm writing for FantraxHQ.com, also a contributor to P2W Fantasy, uh, like Brandon and like you two guys. Obviously, that's how we pretty much all collaborated here today at, I don't know if I could do this. Uh, there we go, at Colin McTee <laughs> on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always there, polls, uh, commenting, you know, whatever on Twitter. So love to talk there. JT? Yeah, find me at JT Orange on Twitter. Uh, you can read my articles uh, on DLF. Also, uh podcast here with commissioner evaluation with john but also you can catch me on the stew with jt brew on the uh fantasy pros website so i'll guess all kinds of stuff on the youtube channel on fantasy pros so or excuse me dynasty pros excuse me i'm messing that up for my guys dynasty pros ff you can find me the stew with jt brew so i'm kind of all over the place too many places to, to name to tell you the truth but uh thanks for having me on again john Thanks for coming on an early morning show, guys. I'm John McGlynn. You can find me on a Twitter machine at John McGlynn75. Really appreciate you tuning in for an early morning show. McGlynn is in. Right. I repeat, McGlynn is in. And thank you very much. Have a good day, guys. And we'll hear this episode on 
and Apple Music. Be safe, guys. Thank you. He got them guests on the Rolodex, stopping by to talk about some Dynasty Superflex. Everybody, yo, commission's in. It's time to sit down to listen to John McGlynn. Yo, who we trading, who we fading, who we getting off the squad? Knowledge never overrated, playing for number one. And hey, yo, McGlynn is in. It's time to let the fun begin. It's the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with John McGlynn. There we go. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.